All right, this is Dark Days Radio, episode number 101. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and tonight I'm joined by Chris. Hello. And also joined by Chig. Evening, Mike. All right, so this is a follow-up episode to our previous Kindred of the East review, uh, discussing the setting. This episode, we're going to do character creation, because, you know, back in the day, we've talked a lot about the setting, a lot of great advice for storytellers, but we wanted to provide some cool new stuff and great material for players, uh, maybe getting started with uh, Kindred of the East or wanting to get inspired for different World of Darkness games and other RPGs as well. So before we get started, let's just do a quick uh, game update. So Chris, what kind of gaming have you been doing? I have, uh, let's see. Um, so uh, I finished for now my uh, Vampire the Masquerade for Edition game, and we're moving on to Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay uh, next week. Nice. So Fifth Edition, where do we we ended on a quite the cliffhanger, um, where the coterie did a deal with the Church of Cain, uh, much to the displeasure, I think, of the local cult of Mithras and who are rivals to them. And uh, mostly also pissed off the Camarilla at the same time. Uh, it basically ended up with uh, a deal done out in the middle of, out in the out in the open because the coterie thought it was safe to to uh, save um, save one of the members' uh, uh, touchstones because um, it's a person. Uh, and in the process of doing the exchange, they handed over the the Monos Hieroglyphica. So um, John Dee's like alchemy kind of magic book thing that they stole from a library and then the second inquisition turned up and started shooting people so they have no idea who has that book and what it will mean well for going forward with um with that plot so it's uh it was an interesting cliffhanger to lead on leave on but yeah it was great i think i've learned a lot from v5 running it and um it's gonna be fun running some warhammer and traveling to uh the city of the damned mordheim oh nice yeah that's gonna be a great setting Oh, I've painted more miniatures, so I've painted more Adeptus Titanicus stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and other gaming, but yeah, that's been about it, really. Yeah, right on. All right, cool. So let's move on over to uh, a quick World of Darkness segment, doing some character creation of one of the Kuei Jin. Classic World of Darkness. All right, cool. So... Uh, this is the uh, kind of trial run of one of these character creation episodes, so I uh, definitely want to encourage listeners to give us some feedback, uh, whether it be on our Facebook page, emailing us at darkerdaysradio at gmail.com, or maybe stopping by the Discord, which you can find a link to in the show notes. Uh, we just really want to know what people think about these uh, new segments that we're trying, and also you know, if there's any ways we, uh, we can improve or make things better for you guys. So... Let's make a Kindred of the East character, and we're going to talk about the rules a little bit as we do so, so this can help out new players or people that are just kind of curious about uh, this, uh, this companion game line. Because Kindred of the East was originally a companion book, which was for use with the old Vampire the Masquerade 2nd Edition, which was published in 1992. Um, so it's using the, uh, the classic World of Darkness storyteller system. Uh, if you haven't played this system before, it's super simple. The real basic mechanic is that uh, to perform an action, you create a dice pool of 10-sided dice. Uh, usually this pool is a number of dice equal to one of your character's attributes, like strength and st- or stamina, uh, plus uh, one of their abilities, which can be like stealth or uh, performance, empathy, something like that. You roll these dice and compare them to a difficulty number, which is usually six. 
And if you get a six or higher or equal to the difficulty or higher, that's a success. And if you are below that, the die is not a success. And if you get one or more successes, you succeed. And that's the uh, real bare bones basics of uh, playing these games. And of course, Chris and Chig, as I go through the character here, feel free to, you know, jump in with some color commentary or any questions you have about the uh, system itself, and I'll uh, try my best to answer them. So the character that we're uh, creating here is going to be Mapuana. Uh, she's a Polynesian woman, uh, a Wallisian uh, Polynesian woman from the islands of New Caledonia, which is a, uh, a French holding in the uh, Pacific. I was just trying to do something different than the uh, normal, uh, you know, Japanese, you know, Han Chinese or Korean uh, Kuei Jin, and uh, figured that a, a Polynesian person might be something a little interesting to start off with. Mm. Um, I figured that uh, Mapuana was probably like a corporate translator for several multinational corporations. Uh, you know, she worked in France, the Maghreb, and uh, Southeast Asia. I'm going to assume that... Uh, she, her Poe probably did not awaken before her death. And it was only in a, uh, a stray bombing uh, by some planes in Nigeria that she was killed. And this uh, you know, sudden death caused her Poe to be awakened. And through force of will, she, of course, climbs back through the Thousand Hells and returns to her body. And she's going to choose, choose to be very indulgent in her unlife. Uh, in ways that she could not be as she lived. So I'm really trying to uh, exemplify that hungry, dead kind of concept that uh, is in Kindred of the East. So step one of character creation is really just the basic splat stuff, as we usually call it. Um, you know, figuring out what philosophy your character follows uh, and other like general high-level concepts. So I think the best thing to do first is to choose the balance of your Quajin character. So do we want a character who's attuned to yin, which is negativity and the principle of death? Uh, yang, which is the principle of positivity in life, or to be a balanced character? And it's important to figure this out first because it's going to have a lot of bearing on the dharmic path of your character. So the devil song of shadow uh, is powered by yin and that virtue. The... Thousand Whispers Dharmic Path uh, requires balance, so you're going to have to make sure that you have a balanced character like that. Conceptually, Mapuana is a very uh, negative entity, so I'm going to attune her towards Yin, which leaves us with three optimal Dharmic Paths of the five in the core book. She could be a, a distant scholar of the Songs of Shadow, she could be a strict lawful bureaucrat of the Resplendent Crane, or a self-destructive Devil Tiger. And I think Devil Tiger sounds pretty fun, right, guys? Mm. So let's go with that. I mean, of the three, absolutely. Yeah. Next, we have to pick a nature, demeanor, and a direction. Experienced players are going to recognize nature and demeanor from all, pretty much all the other uh, classic World of Darkness games. And these three things dictate how your character behaves. You know, nature is uh, how, they, how they really naturally are. Um, demeanor is how they represent themselves to the world. And the direction is how they are responsible for the world, kind of like a path for them to follow. Um, so for nature, I'm going to go with monster uh, because I think Mapuana is going to be kind of a horrible being. Uh, for demeanor, I'm going to go with bone vivant, which means that she's very um, 
she's really a carefree partier and is going to really hide that horrible monster nature until it's too late for her victims. And for direction, um, there's actually fives. There's north, south, east, west, and center. I'm going to go with south, which means that she is probably a leader, but also really seeks to destroy in many ways. As a side note, directions are a very weak concept, and there's really no mechanical bearing for them in the game. So in a lot of cases, you can probably skip this or just do it as an afterthought. Mm. Next up for Mapuana, we're going to pick attributes. So we get to uh, assign dots, prioritize uh, seven dots to either mental, social, or physical, uh, five dots to the secondary tier, and then three to another. Real quick, I will... uh, probably make uh, Mapuana a very social character, then prioritize mental, so she has some intelligence, uh, and then physical is going to be the uh, the third tier, so I'm not going to make her very strong or anything like that. She's not going to be combat-focused at all. Like many other World of Darkness games, you'll find that the uh, the Quajin disciplines, which are like the cool powers that you get, are fueled, some of them, by attributes. So as you go through and make your character and you start reading through the disciplines, you may realize that you want to redistribute redistribute your points a little bit, and um, it might be good to go back. And if you need to have a high uh, wits for a particular power, just move some dots around as needed. After that, you apply dots to your abilities. Again, it's very similar to uh, creating a character, uh, doing the attributes. Um, you have three different branches, knowledges and skills and talents you can put 13 dots into one of those nine into the second tier and then five into the uh the lowest tier and one important thing to note is that uh you cannot put more than three dots into one of these specific abilities at this time but you can raise it later with freebie points when we get to that um and again some of these abilities uh, are used to power the disciplines. So when you're picking those out, you may want to go back and redistribute the ability points just a little bit. Hmm. Okay, guys. So now we get to uh, some of the cool stuff. We get to the cool powers and the backgrounds. Um, we're going to start off with the mundane stuff real quick, the backgrounds. These represent different resources, essentially, that uh, your pl- your character can call upon. So the first one I'm going to pick is, of course, resources, which is just how much money map has. Um, I'm going to put three dots into that, and that just kind of represents like any offshore accounts she had, which weren't seized before she reawakens in the second breath. Right, because she's legally dead. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? exactly. So... <laughs> and she's been dead for probably 49 days. That's the, uh, the, the standard amount. Approximately. Yeah, yeah. so... In most cases, I'm assuming probably her body was shipped back but had not been cremated yet. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the uh, uh, inheritance laws had already come into effect. But there are some secret offshore accounts or something, so she has a whole bunch of money still. Next, I'm going to put two dots into contacts. Probably, you know, a contact in her old multinational corporation that knows that she's alive somehow and perhaps kind of in hiding. And because she deals a lot with like corporations and money, I'm going to give her a contact in the World Bank. Because I think that would just be kind of neat and interesting and might come into play in some games. Um, I'm assuming that this character is going to be used in a very uh, high-level chronicle, probably with a lot of movement between countries, um, as opposed to like a street-level chronicle. Mm. If that's the kind of thing you have, you might want to tone it down, just make him like a local businessman, that sort of thing. 
it's a lot easier for a Kaijin to move around also in mortal realms because they don't oh, yeah. suffer some of the same weaknesses as kindred, right? Correct. Yeah, we'll cover that a little bit later, but um, yeah, yeah, Quajin are not as susceptible to sunlight, or in some cases, pretty much re- completely immune to it. Um, and it depends on your uh, your chi balance, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. 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 And as well as they get higher or further along in their dharmic path, they no longer need to drink blood. They can mm. steal breath, use osmosis, and other ways to uh, collect their chi energy, which is you know a lot harder to trace. It's also important to note that uh, Kindred of the East has a lot of cool backgrounds that uh, other, you know, creatures in the world of darkness don't have access to. So they can get jade talismans. You can spend background points to get uh, connection to different dragon lines and collect chi that way. And you can also have, like, guardian spirits that watch over you. Pretty cool stuff. And next we get to disciplines. Yes, these have the same name, disciplines, as the uh, Vampire the Masquerade powers but are not the same thing. And Vampire the Masquerade characters, those Western kindred, cannot learn Quajin disciplines, and vice versa. The Quajin cannot learn the uh, Knight disciplines themselves. Now you get three points, three dots, to spend amongst three disciplines. And there's a whole bunch of different disciplines uh, that characters can freely uh, pick from. There's really no limitations other than the way your character is built you know there's obvious optimal choices once you actually have started filling out dots in your character sheet but it's not like vampire the masquerade where certain clans get access to certain disciplines so um, does does the the dharma that you pick does that limit any of these or play into some of these choices it can play into it in that um well let's just talk about real quick the the main categories of disciplines yeah. this will this will make a lot of sense so you have the uh, the Shintai disciplines, which are forms of body alchemy, um, powered and contained within the Kuei-jin. Um You have the Qi disciplines, which allow the Kuei-jin to ma- manipulate Qi and their bodies or ambiently. So you have like the Yin and the Yang prana, which are obviously more attuned to Ying or Yang Qi. So if you have a very Ying-focused uh, uh, dragon, uh, dancing dragon character you're probably going to go with the, uh, the, the Yang Prada because it'd just be a lot more powerful. Um, you also have the soul disciplines, which allow them to channel the Po or Hun halves in different ways. So obviously, if you have a, a Kuei with a stronger Po, you're going to go um, with that part of the soul discipline. And then you have the demon arts, which are these vile powers that are granted by the Po nature and run off of the demon chi of the Po. Um, so again, if you have a strong Po demon arts are pretty great so that's really what dictates your create your your choices of disciplines the way you've distributed your different virtues Mm. and different skills as opposed to what you're limited by by your character splat so picking these out quajin are required to take one of the two demon arts so that's a really good place to start just to uh, start figuring out uh, your your disciplines. You have two choices, which are Black Wind, which gives you preternatural strength and speed, extra actions, just like Celerity. So that's obviously the most overpowered choice. <laughs> and uh, and also Demon Shintai, which lets you uh, turn your body into a demon form. And I think Demon Shintai is a lot cooler, so we're going to go with that one. So is that basically kind of flesh crafting? 
Or um, no, it's it's no, not actually. It's it has nothing to do with flesh because it's letting your the demon inside you out. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it makes you look look you know more demonic or more otherworldly, but you can't use it on anybody else. Mm. Correct. But there's actual there's an actual flesh shintai that exists, which lets you detach limbs um, and really mess around with your body uh, and do cool stuff like that. But no, the uh, the demon shintai is a lot more of a uh, it's 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 kind of vamping out in some ways, uh, but a lot cooler because just one dot in demon shintai uh, lets Map get plus one strength, dexterity, and stamina when going into her demon form, which. Uh, requires her to spend three demon chi uh, points and transform over the course of three turns. Now, the book isn't very specific here. It doesn't say if that takes up all your actions during those three turns or if you can act freely as well as that. Uh, I think you should be able to act rather than being stuck there in Dragon Ball Z form transforming (laughs) while everyone else can act. Mm. But uh, again, the rules are not very clear. I would rule it as you start transforming, but you can still act during that. Um, and in addition to those stat increases in demon form, you also get an additional transformation feature per dot. So you can get wings or a tail, barbs. You can just get really huge. Weird. Um, okay. Yeah. Can your hair turn yellow? It can. Okay. It can. And there is actually a specific uh, Shintai chig. This is a side note. There's a Shintai, which in balanced form will let you become the emperor in yellow. Of course there is. <laughs> which sounds a little bit like a king in yellow, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, different cultural connotations here, I think. Probably. Uh, Map isn't too concerned about fighting enemies straight on, so I'm going to give her the transformation feature of the horror. And this ability gives her delirium from Werewolf the Apocalypse. So I'm I'm hoping that you uh, have purchased that book because it doesn't give you the rules right here. Of course not. <laughs> and the uh, delirium makes the wake the weak-willed flee in crazed fear if they uh, fail a willpower roll upon seeing you. For the next discipline, map is already a, a very yin entity, so I'm going to be putting a lot of points into that virtue. So it makes sense for her to get the yin prana. And one dot in yin prana gives map a shrouded moon. By spending a yin chi, she essentially becomes visible in shadows. So it's cool. kind of like obfuscate from vampire. And finally, with one dot left, uh, since map is very socially focused, I'm going to grab one of the more social disciplines. Unfortunately, the Quajin don't have a lot of the good social skills that uh, the kindred of the West have. They don't have dominates. They don't have presence, really. So they're a lot more limited in that way. But I'm going to get the soul discipline obligation. Um which allows you to get insights into people that you're talking to. Uh, it gives you kind of an edge in social encounters. And one dot in obligation is evaluate, um, which gives map basically super-powered empathy rolls. Um, and if you roll enough successes, you can actually learn kind of magically things about your target's past. So it gives you some kind of cool divination there, as well as just a general knowledge of what their, their motives are. Can I just say off off topic here yeah. the with the whole demon chi and everything else like that <laughs> there's scope for this that you could re- you could use this entire game system to skin a version obviously with heavy rewrites of beast into old world of darkness <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, you could. Weird, weird. Or even interesting. Or even Promethean with the the horror element. Oh. And mm. the fact there's five Shintai disciplines, which are one for each of the elements. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, the Shintais are all very, very combat focused, though. You don't get the same kind of well-rounded nature. Uh, that's a, that, see, that sucks. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's a very combat focused game. So you really, that's, that's it's all com- what you have to expect. John yeah. Woo movies, it's all Kung Fu and Jackie Chan. Jesus yeah, Christ. so if you're going to reskin Kindred of the East. You need to make them. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, okay. It makes perfect sense to have all the uh, disciplines be combat-focused because you're playing philosopher uh, mandarins who are trying to discover the secrets of uh, creation. It makes yeah. perfect sense. It's very, very inconsistent, unfortunately. Anyway. So with this in mind, let's just finish up the rest of the, the power stats. So the Kuei Jin start with one dot in yin and one dot in yang, as you'll see in the character sheet. So you also get four additional points to distribute as you desire between these two. Since map is focused on yin, I'm going to bump her yin up to four and yang to two just for good measure. And there's a reason for doing it this way, because the yin and the yang will not be uh, more than three different. She is not chi imbalanced. And we'll talk about those rules a little bit at the end, but just wanted to give that little fun fact right there at this point. There's a few more stats to just kind of round out the rest of the sheet, uh, filling out some more of the virtues. Kuei Jin automatically start with one dot in Hun and three dots in their Po. Hun being their uh, more enlightened, better-natured side, and the Po being the more animalistic, dark side of them. And they also get one dot in their Dharma. So this means, of course, that right off the bat, a starting Kuei Jin just created has a much, much stronger dark side than a than their light side, essentially. Right, okay. Which is kind of interesting. But there's also this really weird rule that Quajin must have a willpower of five to start. And the initial willpower that you get is uh, one dot per their hun. So essentially, you start with a hun of one and therefore a willpower of one. And you're going to need to uh, spend freebie points to increase your willpower or hun at character creation, or I guess you just die in character creation. Uh, you just can't get out of the. Uh, you never made it out of hell. You sorry. never made it out. <laughs> hun starts right, it costs, but then that's weird because also, in terms of freebie points, it costs one to increase the willpower trait, or yep. yes. three to increase the hun. So there's yes. a. You could min-max this to... Oh, oh yeah. Well, Hun, and, Hun and has other uses. Hun has other uses, but I would argue that willpower, which costs one freebie point, has a lot more use. Hun costs three. There's a lot yeah, more willpower useful. is way, way better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a bad system right off the bat. I mean, it's only a small portion of it. I mean, even but... if they'd made it like three times... No, t- two or three times your Hun score, then that would have balanced out because for every three you pay in hun you get another two willpower that's possibly a better way of balancing it out but Mm. that's my fix Uh, there you go yeah Um, i think that works hun however uh also uh controls your maximum willpower which Uh, is uh it does oh yeah hun plus five is your max or 10 whichever is lower so if you have 
a hunt of six, you can't have a willpower of 11 because 10 is your max willpower. Uh, Hun also uh, uh, lets you uh, use your demon arts, which is something that you uh, you have here. Uh, you can use it for sharpened, sharpened senses. You can use it for uh, talking to spirits. Uh, you can use it to resist being taken over by your Poe. Hun is fairly useful. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe it is balanced, but I chose not to increase it. Um, so at this point, you get to spend your freebie points. Uh, this is a system that's used in a lot of the the classic World of Darkness games where you get 15 points to kind of spend however you want uh, according to a, a cost chart. So I'm going to spend four points to increase my willpower by four, getting it up to the required five. So we're safe, guys. We're going to make it out of the Thousand Hells. Whew. Uh, I'm also going to spend three points to get the allies' backgrounds. Uh, probably some Interpol agents, maybe some connections in the Chinese Communist Party. You know, you never know when that might come in handy. And as well, I'm going to spend three dots to get a retinue of smugglers. Because I'm figuring that um, one of the ways that MAP is going to make a lot of money and connections and get things done is by smuggling throughout uh, Southeast Asia in her unlife. Right, and then, yeah, just, you know, something interesting. Little Another little character facet to use. And then with the remaining five points, I'm going to bump Map's charisma up to five. Because, uh, you know, she's going to be a smooth talker. And that's it. We've, we finished the character. Uh, you can do some finishing touches to kind of round things out. And one of the interesting things that I noticed happening as I created this character was uh, she just got more and more evil as I went. Um, <laughs> you know, clearly she's going to have a lot of trouble, though, you know. Her endeavors to smuggle Cyclopean artifacts into the People's Republic of China or throughout the world are definitely going to draw the ire of a lot of Kuaijin courts. So she's going to have to be careful, but should make for an interesting game. Hey, what is your Poe archetype? Oh, I did pick that. I didn't mention it. So you do have to pick a Poe nature for your character. And I chose the Deceiver because um, I thought that that would be you know, kind of in keeping with her. And since she's very close to her Poe nature and being this very deceptive monster that's trying to trick those around her, I thought it'd be a good one. Uh, the Poe nature, the Poe archetype that uh, Chig mentioned is used for the kind of shadow guiding features of Kindred of the East. So it's it allows you to get some bonus points basically by giving in and allowing that deceiver to control map in, uh, in certain situations. Hmm. It's pretty cool. And um, I also just wanted to touch on a couple other cool rules because as I was reading Kindred of the East, I felt that the rules were a lot stronger than the setting material around it, um, which I think is why, you know, at the end of the last episode, I was a bit more positive about the book than uh, than Chris and Chig, simply because I was kind of looking through and and kind of seeing that there was a fun game in here, a fun role-playing game, at least from like a combat system, that sort of thing that just didn't mesh with a, a lot of the other materials. Uh, one really neat thing is the concept of chi imbalance. So if a character's yin and yang chi have a difference of greater than uh, or equal to three, they're considered to be imbalanced. So if you're yin imbalanced, if you have that negative imbalance, if you're kind of leaning in that direction, uh, that means that the kuei jin can use their stamina to soak fire damage, hmm. which is big. That makes them unique in the old world of darkness. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think anything else that I've come across except for um, the fire and anime are in any way immune to fire. Everything takes aggravated damage from fire. 
the Fortitude Discipline does the same thing as this, but you're getting this for free, basically, or right. by just being imbalanced, which I think is a real big deal. But in exchange for this this big benefit, they have to use they have to spend a yin chi every night to awaken. So this makes them very hungry. They have to feed much more often than other Kuei Jin. Uh, they have increased difficulty on Hun rolls, and their body slowly starts to desiccate in sunlight, which is an interesting dichotomy. They are more resistant to fire, but the light of the sun dries them out. Interesting. Mm. If they have the yang in balance, uh, this means that the Kuei Jin is a lot more lifelike. They can easily travel in direct sunlight. They can appear uh, as, as though they're human, but they also suffer extra dice of fire damage. Um, they're more susceptible to human disease. Hmm. Interesting. And they become very, very hungry for chi. So if their chi total drops uh, below five, I believe, they start to take penalties until they feed. And they have that hunger constantly. Also, they can get pregnant or father children if they are. Yeah, they can have they can have the gender. the dampires, right? Dampier. Yeah. Which there's a whole source book for, which is kind of neat. And I believe Matt pointed out to us that it predates the Time of Thin Blood source book. It does indeed. The other roles I wanted to mention were the Dharma roles. Specifically, I just want to focus on the uh, the acts of blindness because this gives you a, a kind of cool failure spiral similar to v5 so okay um if you take very selfish acts which interfere with the dharmic path that you are are on or they're opposed to it you have to roll your dharma pool versus your po pool and as you remember during character creation your po starts off at three and your dharma starts off at one so hmm. most of the time for a starting level character you're going to be in big trouble yeah. Uh, if Dharma equals or has more successes, you pretty much just continue without penalty. You know, if you have more successes, you feel like, oh, okay, I did the right thing. It's it's fine. If the Poe wins, uh, the Poe kind of starts to take over for the scene, and you lose a point of Dharma. You have you've you've gone off the path, and you've regressed in the path. Really, this can in fact give you a Dharma of zero, which is again very likely for a starting player character for this to happen. Uh, and this causes the Kuei Jin to become, uh, to enter this very unscrupulous, flesh-eating state until they're ritualistically purified, which has to be done with a level five, level four rite in the book, restoring Dharmic balance. So this is very harsh for players, but, you know, again, as I kind of mentioned last episode, it creates this very logical reason for a Kuei Jin society to exist. It's very easy for young Kuei Jin to enter into this uh was it Chi Main State? Chi Main. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they need someone, usually a more advanced person with that level four right, to be able to bring them back to their senses, or they could alternatively just be destroyed. So I think that's really interesting. And it also gives a fun way for the character to come back to its senses. There's nothing really saying that you have to be completely unplayable while in this, uh, this zero Dharma state. And it gives a way to escape that, which I think is kind of neat and can give some cool role-playing uh, scenarios on occasion as one of the player characters is rescued by their uh, friends in the, the Wu, which is essentially their coterie. Hmm. And that's it. That's all I pretty much got. Again, there's there's some really interesting, unique rules in Kindred of the East, which I think you can definitely take as inspiration for other games and kind of just pick and choose and uh, get some good stuff. So what do you guys think? What do you think of map and this portion of the uh, K 
Kindred of the East review? Um, there's elements in it which you, know, you can see with the chi balance, it reminds me of things from Mage. I like the, the Dharma path and everything with that kind of role. That almost reminds me of v5's humanity system now with stains you've got that you know like you say Mm -hmm. death spiral i think the thing that's just annoying as you said going through it is it's all all works together it all kind of makes sense the disciplines themselves don't have much variety outside of combat like there's you can be horrific you can do flesh crafting you can do your demon arts and become even more savage and you can channel chi and do interesting things to yourself but beyond that where are the ones like you know like dominate like mag like i say dominate presence dominate majesty whatever you want to call those kind of those disciplines whether it's in v5 or or requiem where are those kind of social bits because as chick points out these are these are meant to be anywhere between you know you know like kung fu martial arts demons from from ninja scroll for example and i think a lot of this models can model some of the characters from ninja scroll and their horrific natures but also where you know even such demons would have some hierarchy and have want to control people but where is that control over people it's not there in the powers to make them these scary tyrants Hmm. yep jake what do you think well, yeah, I, I, I agree with Chris uh, on a lot of that. Uh, although, you know, obey me or I will eat you is a pretty strong uh, <laughs> motivator, I would imagine, for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yeah, having gone through the character generation and seen somewhat what the uh, the various dozen or so cheese and pose and huns and this and that and the other specific to the game do and are used for i like it a bit better than i gave at the uh my initial review at the end of the last episode still not sure i would uh, ever play it i would definitely not want to be the one to run it <laughs> but yeah there's a uh, there's definite uh definite stuff here that could be used in uh, in this game or others as inspiration if nothing else oh yeah definitely i mean just going through the disciplines uh there's a lot of really messed up funky powers that would scare the crap out of your players they just randomly encountered them so that's uh certainly one good thing to take away from this is just uh, a lot of new power options to be used for antagonists right there what level of fl- flesh sentai do i need to have to have my head disconnect with all my organs trailing behind it uh, <laughs> i think it's three. Oh, okay wow. not sure yeah there is a way to do that uh detached limb Lotus Cloud, uh, level five is near perfect mastery over your shape. You can appear nearly any type of person with changing skin. So that's the the whole yeah. D- level two is detached limbs. So that must also well, there be you go. Head. Wow. I mean, the artwork is horrific for that stuff as well. But and then there's also the bone shintai, which is what's oh god, that's like crazy stuff as well. Poison crate, poison clouds. So much combat stuff, though. It's just... Uh. It's all combat stuff, which is really, really kind of a shame. I'm Again, I'm going to be I'm going to be a git with this book and, and uh, say some of these disciplines, or maybe depending on what you want, I think you could use for one or two clans in Requiem. You could possibly use them as a weird kind of like variant or local variant of um 
of Protean or something like that, or, or Nightmare, because, I mean, the Burakamin are a Nosferati clan, so I don't see why you can't use some of these. I mean, that gets you into the danger, like, again, oh, it's wait, another wait, clan. Wait, here we go. Um, Obligation, which is one of the disciplines that Mike chose. Uh, level two is Soul Bridge, which, gradually extending the mastery of the Hun, the vampire is able to establish a psychic link between her soul and someone else's. Through this channel, the vampire can use her own Hun to influence the workings of a lesser soul. So, yeah. There's your uh, yeah. there's your influence power. Yeah, there's there's one there's one, out, one, of, down there's one out of twelve. Yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of cool stuff uh, with the soul disciplines, but um, again, there's four of those, and then yeah, ten combat disciplines or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a little odd, but uh, okay. I can I can see going through the rules why a lot of people get pretty excited about Kindred of the East. So I definitely think now I understand it, and well. That's cool. They've also got other powers as well. I'm just looking at... They've got rites? Yeah, they have, they have magical yeah. powers, rituals yeah, okay. and such. Fine. They can go into the Umbra with those. Can I ask one other question that l relates to V5, then? Is how do how does the history of the Kaijin relate to a Zaolat or Saulat, you know, who's a particular important vampire in Vampire the Masquerade? Ah, so, yes, Apparently, he went to the east, mm -hmm. in quotation marks, and he somehow, according to this book, learned the Dragon's Tears discipline, which gives you the third eye, and he is somehow the only one that has that, but the other Salubri have third eyes too. It doesn't make a lot of sense to ask too many questions. Mm. <laughs> that's pretty much it. And that's important because that's a benefit because having a third eye just means you can see other realms. Uh, yes, you can see other realms. You can create like a ward around yourself to keep spirits and other human or corporeal entities at bay, um, and a few other things. I mean, that's interesting in the sense that both, you know, again, that goes back to the whole thing of like Risen can learn disciplines, and then in some respects, somehow a vampire has learnt the specific kind of discipline slash arcanoi of of the uh, kaijin so yeah okay um that just reinforces that vampire if vampires are the odd one out everything else makes sense because they're all ghosts in in a in a shell mm. vampires are the weird thing where the very act of death traps traps the beast in the shell and it never goes to hell mm. okay fine yep uh so is that everything that we're going to cover for for Kindred of the East, then, on the show for now. Yeah, I think so. Um, really glad people have stuck with us for so many years and so many episodes to finally get to this point where we cover Kindred of the East. Yeah, it, it's pretty neat and interesting, but uh, I think that's it for now, and we should probably start wrapping up the show. Yeah. So, Chris, uh, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us at Facebook, or on Facebook, at Darker Days Radio. They can find us on Twitter, at Darker Days Radio. They can find us on Instagram, at Darker Days Radio. We're available on Spotify. We're available on Deezer. You can come join our Discord and chat about this and other things and post up pictures of weird things you find, whether it's in your hometown or, or anything that relates to spookiness or miniatures or anything else cool. You can come to our WordPress site, which is Darker Days Radio, and you can read articles that we've got, reviews, and also pictures. Uh, and have I missed anything there? No. No, but what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to actually put the character sheet 
that we made and a little write-up on the WordPress website so people can follow along during the episode or just reference it if they want to. Yeah, yeah, good idea. That'd be really wicked. Actually, that's a really cool thing we should do more often. Also, we we will be working on more stuff, obviously, for the Storytellers Vault. If you wish to support us in that endeavor, we have got a, um, a scenario up for Chronicles of Darkness called The Hunger Within. You can buy it there for a measly $5. Um, and uh, we'll be doing some other stuff at some point on there. We've got things in you know plans, hatching for stuff. And I'll do a Twitch stream mm-hmm. again at some point of painting more toy soldiers because I have some Kingdom Death stuff I am about to paint. So there might be a Twitch stream mm, this week, some point randomly. I'll figure out when. <laughs> I say this week. It will have already happened, but the point is we do them. So ask if you want to see stuff. Well, I think that's it for uh, this episode. Chris Chig, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's been good fun. And to all the listeners out there, take it easy and have a good night. This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. Okay, so you were asking about uh, Salat and uh, how he fits into all this. Uh, the five uh, standard dharmas come from uh, Grand Arhat Shu, X-U-E, I'm probably mispronouncing that, uh, who had six disciples. He gave a dharmic path to each of his disciples who, uh, you know, created the five dharmas. And the sixth disciple was Salat, who fled to the West. And mm. that is where Golconda comes from. Presumably it is the lost dharma. It says here in the chapter, it says, yeah, as you say, the Kaijin ancestors whispered that this version of this art alone, so we're talking about the um, Chiu, the Dragon Tears, I'll call it that, Uh it's easier, Um, was stolen, and yeah, it said, so, um, and that his, that uh, Zawalat's Po quickly corrupted him. So, again, this gets back, this ties in more with the fact that Kindred that this ties in more than I'm sure I feel more with our working theory that it is the local religious structure that 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 form the framework for how risen in their form appear and that kindred are the odd one out some by some means and that they and, and this relates into why you know zoo talks about Zaulat's Poe corrupting him and that you know as you say he was banished Cool. And that relates to Golconda. Okay. Well, they say it's his Poe, but uh, the since Zaulat was not actually arisen, it was his beast that corrupted the. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so there you go.